Well, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, whatever time you are watching this. Uh, we're glad that you did decide to join us. Um, and if you're watching this morning, um, on Sunday morning, um, we do want to remind you that you can come into the church anytime today between 9 and 1, and we've got the sanctuary set up. You can't really see it right now, but uh, it's set up with stations where you can come and you can pray. Um, you can learn a little bit from the Word. You can let the church know of any needs you may have um, in a confidential way, but if you have any needs that we can respond to um, and help you out through this crisis time, uh, that's going to be available. You can drop off your tithes and offerings. You can drop off food to help with uh, out of the boat, um, getting food to the needy people and needy kids. Um, there's a place for you to encourage one another. So there's, it's a great time, anytime between nine and one, anytime in there that you want to stop in. If you want to stop in for five minutes, if you want to stop in for a few hours um, and just spend some time with Jesus, we're going to be here. Um, and so that's available to you. We're also going to be here tomorrow night um, from five to 5.45 for uh, prayer time. Uh, if you want to come in for that as well, that's an, that's an option for you too. Um, but I mean, geez, it's, it's been a wild week. I mean, even as we, as we did this, uh, sort of semi live service, uh, any, any screw ups on the, uh, words, uh, that was completely me. We're kind of running on a bare bones staff right now. And I am not the professional, uh, PowerPoint person that like Shelly Bales is. So you'll have to forgive my uh, incompetence. I did my best. I really did. I'm hoping that my preaching is going to be a little better than my PowerPointing. Um, but, uh, but man, it's been a wild week. Uh, I hope all of you are well. Uh, I've been praying for you. We as a staff have been praying for you. Um, we ask that you continue to pray for one another. And, and there has been a lot of cause for concern this week, but I just want to remind you, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I have heard many, many pastors over this week go back to that verse again and again and again. And it's like, if, if there was a chart for like most used Bible verses, that would be it right now. Um, but it's so true. God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power. He gave you a spirit of love. And he gave you a spirit of a sound mind. It says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but we've been given the spirit of a sound mind. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. That we shouldn't live in fear. Although we should take precautions. We should wash our hands. All the stuff that you've been hearing all week long. We should live wise, but we shouldn't have to live in fear. In fact, it goes on to say, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as, unwi not as wi unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
And in this current state of craziness, we've been given the opportunity to share the peace we have, the hope we have, the confidence we have, and the reason that we have. That although it is a time for caution, that we don't have to be afraid. And that's because we have Jesus. We have the opportunity to love our neighbors and our community in new ways. We have the opportunity to serve one another and our neighbors in new ways. We have the opportunity to share the unshakable faith that we have in Jesus. Because it has been a crazy week. Changes have been coming at us fast and furious. But thankfully, although the world changes, Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That Jesus is the same as he was two weeks ago. He's the same today, just as he will be the same two weeks from now, two months from now, two decades from now, no matter what the world looks like. And that's why the church has stood the test of time. I mean, take just a second and think about how much the world has changed since Jesus walked the earth. Jesus didn't even have an iPhone. And yet the message of the gospel has not changed. Think about how much the church has changed since Jesus walked the earth. And yet the message of the church remains the same that the world was created perfect and in relationship with God, but sin destroyed that relationship between God and man. And man could do nothing and man can do nothing to make that relationship with God right. But God could do something about it and he did do something about it. He sent his only son to earth to live a perfect life, to die for the sins of the world on the cross. He rose three days later so that our relationship with God might be restored and we could have eternal life and relationship with him. The message of the church has remained the same. So just because our world has changed a lot in the past week and will continue to change in the weeks ahead, the message of the cross, the love of Christ will be our constant, will be our message, and will be the direction that we go. I hope somebody said amen, whether you were in your, in your living room or whether you're in your bathroom or whether you're in your bedroom or your car, wherever you're at right now, I hope something in you jumped up when we said that the message of the cross will not change the message of the gospel is always, no matter what things look like, our direction. Jesus is not changing. The gospel is not changing. Our call to make disciples and the mission of the church is not changing. Christ is the same. Christ's love is not changing. Those things they don't change. All the way, although the way that we go about taking that gospel and sharing those things, those things do change. Those things can change. The church over the, over the centuries has changed how we do that again and again and again through the years. We've been talking about the church, the early church in the book of Acts. 
and how we want to look like the bride of Christ, the church that began under the apostles' leadership, under the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we want to be the, the bride of Christ that, that was envisioned for us to be. Now, Christianity and the church, it started in Jerusalem, but then persecution came, difficult times. Anybody go through difficult times lately? Difficult times made Christians begin to move into other places. And so Christianity moved beyond Jerusalem. In Acts 8.1, it says that a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. When hard, came, when hard times came, it brought change to the church. But instead of slowing the church down, the church adjusted to the change and then grew all the stronger and the gospel reached new places. So yeah, right now our world is changing quickly and we hope and we pray that, that we can get back to what we know as normal very soon. But the church, the gospel and Jesus will always weather those changes. And today, we're not having our normal church service. And that's a pretty big change for many of us. But just like the early church, with the Holy Spirit's help, we can most certainly weather this change. And if we follow the Spirit's leading, then this will be another opportunity for the gospel to reach new places. So we look at the church where we've been this whole series, Acts 2, 42 through 47, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, we want to be all about Acts 2.42, all the same things they were about. We want to be devoted to the Word of God. We want to be devoted to fellowship with one another, sharing in meals and communion. We want to be devoted to prayer. But here's the interesting thing. They all met together until hard times came and persecution meant they couldn't. The Jewish Christians were used to meeting in the temple. That, that was their tradition. It was what they were used to. It wasn't really the command of God for them to do that, but that was their tradition until that tradition had to change because it wasn't about the temple. It wasn't about the building. As persecution came, Jewish Christians weren't allowed in the temple anymore. And you see them 
meet in the temple a lot in the beginning of Acts, but then as the book of Acts go on, there you see the meeting in the temple and, and around the temple less and less. The tradition had to change because of the hardship that they were facing. And so they couldn't meet in the temple building, but it wasn't about the building. It was about the fellowship with other believers. And that can happen anywhere. Because do you remember if you were around uh, a few months ago, we, we talked about the temple. Remember what happened when Jesus died? The curtain of the temple, the, the curtain that separated God's spirit from the spirit of man split in two. The spirit of God didn't live in the building, in the temple anymore. When the Holy Spirit came, the spirit of God moved into and lived in the believers. So the church was wherever the believers gathered together. Wherever the fellowship was, the spirit of God, the temple of God, that's where, the, where it was. Because the church has nothing to do with where you meet. The church is a people. You are the temple. You don't hear anymore about believers meeting in the temple. You don't hear anymore about the believers meeting in the building after the book of Acts. But you hear the apostles talk about the temple over and over again. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. 1 Corinthians 3.17, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. First, or 2 Corinthians 6.16, for we are the temple of the living God. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. First Peter 2, 4 to 5. You are, you are coming to Christ, you who are the who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Christ Jesus, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's really nice to have a building to have church services in, but we don't need it. In fact, the church in the New Testament thrived without a building. 
All they needed was Jesus and to be with each other in fellowship. They needed the fellowship. They didn't need the building. So while we cannot all meet together at the same time in this building where I'm at, because we are facing hard times and being persecuted by this disease, as long as we have Jesus, as long as we have each other, as long as we can still have fellowship with one another, the church can still thrive. The church can still grow. The gospel still has just as much power as it did a week ago. Maybe even more because now we have no choice but to live outside of our comfort zone. So even though how it looks might be different, let me remind you what the word tells us in Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. And some people will use this current crisis as an opportunity to not meet together because we're afraid and because we don't wanna catch anything. But, and, and we should be cautious. We should be wise, as I said in the beginning but we still need to find ways to meet together. Because Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. For you to continue to grow and thrive in your Christian walk, you still need to be meeting with other believers. You still need to be meeting together to encourage one another, to, to push one another towards Christ, to study the word together, to pray together. And again, how it looks might be different than what we're used to, but fellowship can happen anywhere. Fellowship can happen everywhere. So maybe that looks like meeting in groups in somebody's house while obviously taking the necessary health precautions. But maybe it looks like meeting in people's houses. Maybe that looks like meeting with your connect group or meeting together with your family and watching this and, and worshiping together as you watch this with your family in your living room. Or, or maybe that means hooking up with some friends uh, on some kind of video chat uh, on, on FaceTime and just spending some time uh, talking to one another and encouraging one another. Or maybe it means calling up a few friends on the phone every day and just checking in. How you doing? How, how's your walk with Jesus going? Is there anything I can pray for you about? Maybe it looks different because for now, at least things have changed. And it's not in the building on Sunday morning at 9 or 11. And maybe that's only for this week. Maybe we're back at 9 or 11 next week. Or maybe it'll be quite a while. 
I mean, at this point, who knows? But most of you are probably having church in your homes today. But you know what? Because of the hard times that the early church faced, that's exactly where they had church. They had it in their homes, just like you might be doing right now. And based on what we read in the Bible and 2,000 years of Christianity, they did just fine. They did okay meeting in one another's homes. If Christianity could keep going after 2,000 years when the church itself started meeting in each other's homes, I think we'll be okay. In Acts 2.46, just watch, watch this. In Acts 2.46, it says that they were breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Acts 5.42, from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching as Christ, as preaching Jesus as the Christ. Acts 8.3, Saul, who became Paul, who, who started out as a persecutor of Christians, says, began ravaging the church, entering where? House after house. Acts 10.2, a devout man, a Cornelius, a devout man, and one who feared God with all of his household. He had house church. Acts 12, 12, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Acts 16, 31 and 32, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all of those who were in his house. This was a, a, the jailer who came to the Lord in Acts. Acts 16, 40, they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and then departed. They met at Lydia's house. In Acts 18, seven and eight, they left. Then he left there and went to the house of a man named Titus Justice, a worshiper of God, whose house was next to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard him, were believing and baptized. So Titus Justice's house had one. Acts twenty nineteen. I did not shrink from declaring you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly from house to house. Romans 16, five and six, also greet the church in, that is in their house, in Priscilla and Aquila's, pretty big name in the New Testament, in their house. Colossians 4, 15, greet the brothers who are in Laodicea and also Nympha and the church that is in her house. Philemon 1, 2, and to Aphia, our sister, and Archagrippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. All through the New Testament, you only read about the church meeting in the temple in the beginning of Acts. You read about the church meeting in each other's homes all throughout the New Testament. 
That's why normally we, we say connect groups are so important because you see the church in the New Testament meeting in each other's homes. So if, if you're watching this from your home today, if you're watching this maybe in each other's homes, yeah, it looks different than what we're used to, but the church in the New Testament thrived that way. You can thrive that way. The church today can still thrive that way. Now look, I am hoping and praying to get things back to normal in the building here at Antioch. I, I am hoping that before too long, I'm going to be able to stand here and preach to all of you instead of standing here and preaching to a camera and a whole bunch of empty seats and just hoping that you pull it up on Facebook. I am hoping that we get back to normal in the building. But in the days of the early church, when the church couldn't meet together in the temple, the fellowship of believers didn't miss a beat. The church thrived. People were still saved. People were still served. And disciples were still made. So in the days ahead, fellowship and the church still has to happen. It'll just look a little different. And maybe that's just with your family. Maybe that's with your connect group. Maybe that's with some friends from the church. Maybe you start an unofficial connect group for now, and then maybe we make it official later on. Just get some believers together for the word and prayer and encouragement and to worship together. You are still the church. So be the church that Christ commands you to be. You know, I bet in the days ahead, God just opened up your schedule a little bit. So maybe you've got a neighbor that you can check on a little bit more. Maybe you can have a conversation a little bit longer because you don't have somewhere to get to right away. Maybe you've got time to finally invite that person over to share a meal and maybe have a gospel conversation. Some of you families, if your calendar looks like anything like my calendar for my family did today, I was just like deleting all kinds of things off my calendar. Well, we're not doing that now. Well, we're not doing that now. If your calendar looks like anything like my family calendar, all of a sudden, we've got a whole lot less going on. So that family time that you can never really seem to find, maybe now you have it. Take that time to disciple your kids a little bit more, like you've been maybe wanting to do for a while. Take that time to just open the Bible with your kids, to, to talk about God a little bit and maybe pray with your kids just a little bit more. Maybe you can get together with your small group of people 
and find ways to serve the community and take care of other people and minister together. In fact, I'll tell you what, if your small group, if you find a way that you're able to serve and care for your community and help those in need, let me know. The church might be able to just help you with that. But right now, you can all, all of you, can continue to encourage one another, pray for one another, and love one another. Because that is what Jesus does in his people, and Jesus doesn't change. May you be the church in a new way this week. So rise, church. Thrive. Serve. With new changes come new opportunities for the gospel. So be the church. The church marching forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you, wherever you're at right now, unless you're driving in your car, to bow your heads. We just want to take a couple of minutes to respond to this message to God. And first of all, just take a minute and thank God for his provision. Maybe even though you're dealing with a little bit less right now and have a little bit less right now, God has still blessed you in so many ways. So just take a minute and thank God for his provision. Thank God that he never changes. His love never changes. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Thank him for that. Maybe if you've been dealing with fear, confess that to God. Confess to God that this week, your faith has been a little bit weak. Ask him to help you to remain strong in his spirit. Ask him to give you peace. And now you know what your needs are. Maybe new needs that have risen up from this current health crisis. Just take a little bit of time and just lay those needs at Jesus' feet. Don't worry about them and just start thinking about them and getting anxiety over them. Just think of what they are and say, Jesus, I give this to you. Now take a moment and pray for those in the church and in the community that have needs that are deeper than yours.
Now maybe take some time and ask God to show you how you can be the church in these days ahead. Father, I pray that we wouldn't live with a spirit of fear, but we would live with a spirit of a sound mind. I pray that you would provide for all of the needs that uh, each person that is with us today has. I pray that for those that are dealing with fear and anxiety about all of this, I pray that your peace would just fall on them and that they would know that you are close. Father, I pray that we would find new ways to be the church, to love and serve others, and to take your gospel out. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.